Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I feel that in my spirit today that God wants to expose and God wants to reveal. All right? So if you're taking notes, right at the top, you can just say, unblinded by the light. Go ahead and title today, unblinded by the light. We're going to look at Acts chapter 9. You can turn with me in your Bibles. Acts chapter 9, we're going to start in the, the first verse. I'm going to read this story because I think it kind of gives context to what we're going to be talking today about. But it's a story of Saul's conversion. Now, Saul was one of the greatest persecutors of the church. He was one that was basically the foreman on the job calling the shots. He would get the the letters signed by all the governing authorities and make sure that they were legally doing it correctly, but they would find Christians and stone them. They would go throughout literally traveling from place to place, finding those that were meeting underneath the name of Jesus and calling the shots to destroy it. And so here we find Saul. We pick up in the story in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that he found, if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up. Go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. The man, traveled with, the man traveling with Saul stood there speechless because they heard a sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Verse 12, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's a bad man. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said, Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. Everybody say chosen. That's very, very key in this story is that the Lord wanted to point out that Saul was chosen. He was a chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went into the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again. So that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, immediately. Everybody say immediately. Woo! I love how the Spirit works because when the Spirit gets involved, it's immediate. We can go to therapy for years and years, but when God speaks one word, it's immediate over the situation. When we, we can try all of our efforts and all of our abilities and spend years building things, but when God speaks one word, it is immediate. Immediately. Immediately. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And verse 20, at once. Everybody say at once. At once, he began to preach. In the synagogues, that Jesus is the son of God. I want to point out, a few things in the scripture that are key to this story with context. You see, Saul was a persecutor, but I want you to realize the timing of when Jesus was trying to get a hold of Saul. It says in the first verse that he was still breathing out murderous threats. He was in the midst of what he thought was correct when the Lord showed up in his life. How many of you have had that? where the Lord showed up in your dirtiest, darkest moment to call you something different. And it was a time where maybe you were full of doubt, full of fear, full of anger, full of bitterness, whatever it was, you were caught in a habit or addiction. You were caught in a lifestyle that was against God. Something maybe that was even coming against his church and movement. And yet, while still breathing the murderous threats, as he neared Damascus with his plan, his plan was to take down the church. God's plan was to build the church. His plan was to tear it down. God's plan was to tear back the veil so he could get to his people. You see, Saul was going to be one of the greatest voices to preach to the Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles were not the chosen people. They were the, the Jews were the chosen people. The Gentiles were kind of the, the seconds, the secondaries. They were to get the crumbs off the table. And here Saul was, was called by God in the midst, and suddenly a light appeared. I want to talk about that encounter today because I believe that for a lot of us in this room, you're going to have a God moment. You're going to have a God moment where the light shines and it makes sense. And it's an exposure that reveals something. You see, Saul could see in the physical, but he was lacking sight in the spiritual. He could see physically with his eyes what was going on around. That's why he was destroying the church because with his physical eyes, he thought he was in the right. But the Lord wanted to open up his spiritual sight. I wonder how many blind Christians we have today that can see physically, that are trying at this mission of God, but are blindly coming at the spiritual call of God on their life. And so today, my prayer for this room and we're going to pray at the end. And I want to pray that God creates sight in your spirit. 
that things like scales fall off your spiritual eyes. That yes, you can see physically, and maybe you even pray and read your word. Maybe you even go to church all the time. You're like a Bible thumper. Maybe you even know the lingo, know how to talk. Maybe you're in a small group. You're one of those super spiritual people. You're like, I even do this outside of Sunday. Hello. Maybe you can see, but today I believe that God is going to unveil and reveal to you the spiritual eyes that's going to give you discernment to see. And then the last part, I love how God works because he works at once. He began to preach. See, the Lord talks about three types of people that will get to heaven someday. Three types of people. There will be people that are hot. There will be people that are cold. And there will be people that are lukewarm. Now, the Lord directly speaks to this in Revelations. I actually want to give you some scriptures, and you can look them up later. The Lord speaks to these three types of people. And there are they're the hot ones that have caught the message of Christ and are alive in his mission. How many know when you're in love with someone, you carry their mission without even thinking about it, right? I mean, I think about this all the time, but um, the best illustration I can think of is me and my wife, you know, when I first found Ashley. But the second one right now is when I had kids. Man, and I can't tell you how amazing it was to have a child. I mean, just to hold what you created in your hands. I mean, Lord, we know you created, but you know what I'm saying? I had a hand in it. To hold your child and to think, wow, I have so much love in my heart for this thing. And the mission of raising this kid and the mission of loving and serving this kid came out of the overflow of my heart. You didn't have to tell me, Lige, now make sure you love this kid. No, like, get out of here. Like, I already love this kid so much. You, you can direct me, but I already love him. And this is what happens with Christ is when Christ gets in your life and he makes you hot with the fire of God, when the Holy Spirit comes in and truly fills your life. Because Lauren talked to our team today about authority. It was so good. Uh, but she talked about how he can be either Savior or Lord or both, Savior and Lord. Because Jesus died on the cross to be savior, but he rose to be Lord. He rose to be Lord. And when we come before him, you have three, you have three options, really. You can be hot on fire for God, winning the lost, preaching the gospel. This is what we see with Saul. As soon as he could see spiritually, his physical body followed his spiritual eyesight. I don't know if you caught that, but let me, let me go back. Everything that he was doing physically followed what he could see spiritually. Sometimes we mix it up and we think we have to, we, we, we just see, we need to see it first and then the action will follow. And that's true. But when our eyes aren't open to the, the spiritual side of what God has called us to, we get into this place called, the Lord calls it lukewarm. Lukewarm. How many have ever drank lukewarm water? It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just like nasty. It's right in the middle. It's been sitting in the car for just a little bit too long, you know? And you're like, oh, it's like stale and gross and just weird. 
lukewarm water. The Lord talks about a type of Christian that will get to heaven. And there's multiple places, and I'm going to read to you these scriptures, but there's multiple places where he talks about a Christian that will get there and say, Lord, Lord, but have never come underneath the authority of him being Lord, have never carried his heart. And that's why I feel like this, is, this context is so big because when you're unblinded by the light, when you finally see what God has called you to, now everything you do physically follows that agenda. You're obsessed with the king's agenda. You're obsessed with what he cares about. And now everything follows it. Everything. And there's nothing that's like, well... Lord, you can have everything but Mondays because you know Mondays are real hard. Mondays like slap me in the face every Monday. I should know it's coming, but it surprises me every week. So Lord, any, any day but Monday or Wednesday night, that's my club night. Thursday night's bingo night with the ladies. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, being goofy. But, but you, you, you have these things where it's like, Lord, you can have everything besides my finances. Lord, you can have everything besides me reaching out of my comfort zone and praying for somebody. Ah, it gives me chills just thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Anything but like reaching out to the lost and, 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 and speaking God's love over them, that just makes me weird. I, I can be one of those Christians just like shows up, encourages the body. You know, is, is there a place for me there? And the Lord says, no, you're either hot, you're on fire with the mission, you're preaching the word, you're getting the word out, you're serving, your lifestyle follows it, or you're lukewarm. And he talks about the lukewarm Christian being spat out of his mouth. So you make me sick. You're either hot, cold, but Western culture, we've created this good Christian viewpoint, don't we? Well, there's no way you go to hell because you're a good person, and I fear that we've watered down the gospel so much that we actually believe it. That we actually believe we're gonna stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, but have done nothing to show that he is Lord of our life besides showing up and going to church. And him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I think about it like this. It's like, one day you get to heaven and you say, Lord, I want to live with you because heaven's his home. I want to live with you. Jesus went to prepare a place in his home for us. And it's like if you never knew God, you never knew his heart, you never got involved in this mission, but you're just, you know, you have the tagline, I'm a Christian or I'm a church goer. And you get to his house someday and you're like, God, let me in. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I never knew. Now, if you showed up to my house, I didn't know you from Adam, but you're like, hey, listen, can I come in and live at your house? I'm a very good person. I say, I don't care if you're a good person or not. You ain't living in my house. I don't know you. That's just weird. So how dare us think that we're going to get to heaven someday and say, Lord, hey. Now, listen, I don't know you. We haven't had a relationship. And this is the danger of religion because we feel like, oh, we're a Christian because we do, 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 do. But the Lord is calling us into a new eyesight where we directly see him. We hear his voice. Saul from moment one, when he said, Saul, Saul, 
Even though Saul was on the ground with his eyes closed, he couldn't see a thing. He still understood the authority in the room. He still knew. He said, Lord, who, and this is so funny. I think the Bible is full of these, but he's like, who are you, Lord? Is that a trick question? Who are you, Lord? Because it's in that moment that we understand the authority. So here's some scriptures just to write down. You can watch this later to get these. I'm going to just jot them down real quick uh, just to talk to you about hot, cold, and lukewarm because I feel like this is something across the board every Christian should get in their spirit to create an urgency, to get spiritual eyesight. We find it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, those who do the will of my Father will get into heaven. Titus 1.16, they profess to know God, but deny him by their works, by their works, by what they do. Huge. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. I'll spit you out of my mouth. 1 John 3, 9 through 10, know who are the children of God are, those who do not keep on sinning, but the children of the devil does what what is not right. Talks about being underneath the righteousness of God and carrying his heart. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 13. I know I'm going quick, but you can get back on and, and watch it later. Salt losing its effect will be thrown out. If you're not an effective Christian with the mission of God and making a difference, you'll be thrown out because there's no need for it. You're not a part of the mission of God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Whoever does not gather scatters. This, this, this scripture will shake you. Because the Lord talks about, if you're not for me, you're against me. Man, and my, my, I, was, I was shaken by this. And I'm like, I know this is a little heavy, but I want to make sure that we as a church, we go into this new year understanding that we are going to do everything in our ability to make sure everybody in this church, everybody who comes through those doors gets new eyesight so that we know him as Lord. So we know him as Lord. We're unblinded by the light that shine in our path. And we might, you might have been on a path to who knows what. You might have had goals and dreams for your life. But when the Lord gets involved, it's the perfect will for your life. Some of you are like, I have no idea why God moved me to Philly. Why out of all cities would God move me to Philly? Me and Ashley, uh, or I, I asked myself the question because my family, we traveled all around. So we, we could plant church and we wanted to plant church. We had that in our heart. But the Lord moved us to Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. I mean, random. Very random. It's the capital of mushrooms, right? So out of all things in the world, it's like, why? But we understood that God was directing our steps. God directed your steps. God intentionally found you to remove the scales so that you could see, so that you could see. Ephesians chapter five, verse 13. Read this with me. He says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Woo! Got to read that again. It's so good. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible, but everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Verse 14, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, be very careful then how you live. That's an action word, 
how you live, what you put your hand to, how you spend your hours, what you're putting your resources into, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand. Everybody say, understand. That's the unblinded. It's coming into an understanding of the word. It's coming into an understanding, the exposure of the truth. And once you know the truth, then you can act on it. Saul was working in what he knew was the truth. But as soon as the Lord encountered him, as soon as the Lord removed the scales off of his eyes, then he became a part of the mission because he could see clearly. He was unblinded by the light. And that's what God's calling every single one of us to become, unblinded to his light. Why am I here? What do you have for me to do? And the last part, he says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Yesterday, we had the privilege of giving away groceries and feeding. Yo, church, thank you so much for being a generous church, for being a part. Thank you for faithful giving. Thankful to, for those of you who support just financially and, and you're involved. We were able to give away over 1,100 meals yesterday. Come on, that's amazing. That's incredible. And, and everybody from, from homeless to, to senior citizens, to those that have medical conditions, we were able to, as a church, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Unbelievable. As we were out there, we, uh, we actually posted up at Warehouse on Watts. You remember we were there a couple weeks ago. Actually, we were there for like a six-month period. And so we were there. We're giving away groceries, but it was just really dead. I mean, there's just not a lot of people coming through. So we're like, let's move it to Broad Street. So we actually picked up everything, moved it out to Broad Street by the McDonald's. We parked the truck. We put out the table, had all the boxes out there, and we're just ministering. Well, as soon as we pull up, we get all the boxes out, this guy is walking across the street. And he's, he's actually on a crutch and he's kind of limping over to us. And he's like, do you have any water? And we were looked at each other and we're like, no. I mean, we have, you know, these frozen meals that we're sending home with people so they can have meals throughout the week. But we have no like drinks or liquid. We're like, I'm so sorry. We do not have water. I said, but I noticed that you're limping. Is there, is there a way we can pray with you? He's like, ah, yeah, I just really need some water. So I'm like, all right, let me go look around. So we looked in the truck. And we actually found some bottles of water. I'm like, all right, I have a couple of bottles of water. Here you go, some water. And we got to pray with him. His name was Mike. We got to pray with Mike. And Mike, he had just been to the doctor. I mean, he had all the bandages and all the things going on. But his ankle, he had dislocated it. And he said he didn't have uh, the resource in order to get the procedure needed done in order to make it perfect. But they put it in this little splint and he had a crutch. So he's just limping. And so we got to pray with him. We just shared God's love with him. And I said, hey, Mike, I just want you to know that we're actually meeting over there. And the Lord moved us here because he knew you were going to be walking across this parking lot. And he wanted to show you how much he loves you and that you're not forgotten. And Mike, Mike was just floored. He, and we prayed for him. And, and his pain, I mean, it's incredible because he was like walking like this. And when we got done praying, he was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, can you pray for my son too? And he starts, you know, going off like, what else can, can we do while we're here? You know, this is, this is a cool thing right here. 
God will always lead you to where you need to be. And when you get illuminated by the light, you become a light. You become a light. You become the difference. You become the one who brings hope and joy and love and life into every moment. I tell you, that was a beautiful space because we met so many people, had so many God encounters. Prayed over a young boy that we're believing for um, healing. But just the, the family, just increasing faith. Let me tell you, church, we will spend the rest of this year and the years after, because we're here for a while. I'm young, 36. I got plenty of years in me. We will spend every year making sure we see and become a light. For four years, we have been a light everywhere we go. Y'all, we spent most of our time online, all right? This pandemic craziness. But here we are, God moving us around. And be praying with us, right? Because we're moving locations. But I just want this to be clear. It doesn't matter where we go. We will be light. Is this thing on? I don't care where God calls you to or takes you to next. We will be light. If we have to change things and move houses and move places and move schools and God moves you across the country to Philadelphia and you're like, why am I here? We will be light. You want to be in the middle of God's will? Be light. Be light. Let his illumination take over your life. That's making him Lord. That's making him Lord. So here's what we're doing. This is what we're focusing on this, this year and on, man. Our, our team, we have vision for where God is taking us. But the first thing, we're going after global impact. God has been so gracious in setting this church up We've been an online campus. We've launched an online campus, y'all. There are those that are still stuck at home, not able to attend. And then there's those that are across in different states, watching, getting the hope of Christ. We're taking the online campus to new levels, bringing light to every person, no matter where it is. How many feel the presence of God in this room? Here's our mission. Our mission is to make sure that this presence is felt in every living room, every kitchen, every bedroom, every person just scrolling online, feeling depressed, anxious, and all consumed with life. And all of a sudden, they see a stream that speaks hope and life and encouragement into their situation. Faith is built. Light is exposed. So we're, we're bringing light to everyone around we're making sure, and we need those who will say, hey, I will become a light so that I can expose the light and make it bright everywhere this thing is streamed. We're a church of creatives. Man, we have an incredible creative team. Ali Tomasetti, she is a wild creative who is an out-of-the-box thinker. But we're not just creating content to create cool church content. If that's, if that's our mission, you know, count us out. Creativity is the Father's heartbeat because the first thing God did was create. He wanted to show himself to his creation, so he 
created things. He spoke things into existence. He spoke things that were complex. He spoke things that were beautiful. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anything more beautiful than the colors he puts in the sky every stinking morning and every stinking night. The Lord is a creative God. And we have content that we're creating because there are 3.8 billion, sorry, I'd look this number up because I'm like, this is crazy. 3.8 billion people with smartphones scrolling every stinking day. You know what creatives are? Creatives are modern day preachers. That's half of the world's population is getting exposed to the content we put out. Creatives are a modern day preacher because that one post, that one content can change someone's life forever. Speak life, be a light. And we are, we are becoming a light so that we can create light, that light creates a path to light. Come on, somebody. I got to say that again because we're becoming light to create light because when Saul was exposed and he could see, he became light to create light. And that light created a path so that people could get to light. The whole purpose is to light the world up. Light it up, up, up. Light it up, up, up. Light it up, up, up. I'm fire. That's the whole goal. Everywhere we go, we light it up. Did you get lit? Everywhere you go, you got to get lit. Every place you walk into, light it up. Light it up. I just love the picture of the fire because I believe that's what God does in us. He ignites something. And the, the temporary light is the light bulbs, the things that go out, right? It's the fake illumination. And so many people fall for the fake illumination. They feel good for a moment. Oh, they feel good because they took this and they feel good because they follow this and they feel good because this person just said this and was like, oh my word. But it's not sustaining light. Sustaining light is when Holy Spirit comes in with fire. Fire. Jesus said it's not enough to be baptized in water. You can't just be saved from your sin. You have to be empowered with fire. When my fire gets in you, then you become light. You're not just following light saying, well, I don't know. We're just going to follow this thing. No, you become the light and you create light. So that's what we're doing. We're creating content so we can become light. And we need creatives. This is a church of creatives. But if you, if you have creative ability, I encourage you, jump in. Become light. Shine light so that we can lead people to light. As a church of artists and musicians, our heart is to create music because the music industry is full of lies, oh my word, and traps. You know that, that word trap beat? <laughs> it's a trap. There's so many messages out there that trap people into lies, into circles, into the same cycles of, man, I don't know why I'm depressed. I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know why I view women this way. I don't know why I need sex. I need drugs. I need something to sustain. Why? They're caught in a lie. It's a continuation. So we want to create light so that people can be free. You know what we do when we worship? We literally proclaim freedom for the captives. We proclaim freedom. Why? It's truth. When you proclaim truth, all chains fall. When the king comes in, chains can't hold on anymore. Addiction doesn't have any power. When the Lord comes in with glory. 
So we're creating, we're creating a culture of worship, a culture of praise, a culture of gratitude. We're taking the gospel to the ends of the world with our serve team. I mean, I love the mission. And uh, if you've ever been on one of our serve days, you'll know uh, Lauren Kocher, she leads our serve team. She is a firecracker. I mean, she's just like, we're here to get the word out, the gospel. And you just catch it. You're like, oh my word, that fire is, whoo, let's go. Let's go. Who, who am I going to pray for? Who am I going to encounter today? Because it's not just about giving out food. It's, it's, about, it's about being light. It's different. But we're maximizing impact. We're creating family, creating value. You know what you do when you, you bring in someone off the street who's been holding a sign, has been spit on, yelled at all day long, and you bring them into a table and you sit them down as a guest and you say, how can I serve you? You know what you do? You shine light. Someone's walking across the, the parking lot on their crutch and you say, hold on, we're here to serve you. How can we serve you? You are light. You're light. Last thing. We're shaping the future by shaping the ones who hold it. That next generation out there. <laughs> okay, thank you, Lord. We believe in the next generation. They're world shapers, and they have the biggest mission field known to man. Oh, my word. Zion just started playing football. We walk on the field, mission field. I mean, it's like so many people that don't know Christ. And these kids are encountering these kids all day long. Even online, while they're on break, they're on virtual school right now. Even online on break time, all the kids are talking. What are you into? What are you into? I'm like, mission field. This is crazy how much exposure. We have to train the next generation who God is not just some scripture that they know, not just something. We're training a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. And it is a light that lights their path, a lamp unto their feet, so that when they walk, their foot won't stumble. But they become a light. They become the light that God has designed them to be. So I close with this scripture. But I want to pray today that God would fill you with his light. And maybe, just maybe, there's a chance you've been living with scales on. Today, I want to pray that God removes those scales and that you see clearly the path before you. Maybe you lived in fear or doubt or whatever it is. You've been raised in a culture where, you know, prayers aren't powerful. That's for the old times. Or you've been under a teaching where it's like, you know, we, we just don't see that these days. We pray and we hope, but it's God's choice and God's whatever. It's just... It's just half gospel preaching. But I want to tell you that God gives you the authority. He, he raises you up to the place that God wants you to be so that you, you work in heaven's authority. And Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says, for you were once darkness, but now. Everybody say, but now. Because this is your day. Today's your day. 
We're celebrating four years. We're looking ahead. We're celebrating what God's done in these four years, the amazing life transformation that's happened. And we're looking ahead saying, God, what next? Who do you have for me to become so that I become light? So that I become light. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. As Sean comes, it was this last Tuesday night. We're at Penovation doing a filming. And when we were all done, we were packing up and we, we took this cart in and it was like the last piece of the puzzle to, to make sure everything was back in place. And we all got in our cars. There was three separate cars and, and we drove out of the entrance and it was me, Doc, and Katie. And as we were driving out, I had passed the bridge and I was on the phone with Ashley. And all of a sudden, I said, babe, whoa, I really hope that was fireworks because I was crazy. Later on, found out Doc was actually on the other side of the light and I was on the other side of the light and Katie was right behind him and there had been a shooting right there at Grace Ferry Avenue and 34th. There's a young man that lost his life that day. He was 27 years old with 14 shots coming into his car. And that moment, those moments in life in general are the moments that shake you to realize life is short. Everyone around us has, and I wish God installed this in us. I wish God would put a clock over our heads so we could know our time. But that God would give us eyesight to see these moments are precious. Every conversation, everything we put our mind to, everything we put our hands to. Man, when you come to this church and you serve, I, I want to give a huge shout out to our team that comes week to week to week and serves. Because when you put your hand to the plow, when you put your hand to the mission of God, Saul, immediately, when God put the light on him, he became the light. When you do this, you get involved in the mission of God that everybody has the opportunity to make him Lord so that when that moment comes, they know where they're going. Life's too short. Today, I wanna pray for you that God would empower you and fill you with his spirit. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and had the fire of God fill your life. I wanna pray for you today that as we worship as, as a, as we sing, I want to open up this, this area right here. And I want my prayer team, if you would, just make your way down. But I want to pray for you today that God would fill you with his spirit. And that today, man, you'd have scales fall to the ground and you would come alive to the mission of God for your life. That this year would be a year of so much fruit. That you would see God transform everyone around you. That's what you're doing. That's you. Would you come? We're going to pray as we worship. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.